Well, good morning, Open Door Church. How are you guys today? Are you staying warm? Come on, we should be clapping because we're in the warm right now. Come on, if anybody is happy for heat in this place, I should start clapping. Praise the Lord. It is free. I got into my car this morning, and the water I left to drink this morning was frozen. I couldn't even get water this morning. Come on. Insane. But, man, my name is Junior, and um, I'm excited to be here. I get to be part of Recovery Church Movement, where we help addicts and alcoholics find freedom from drugs and alcohol through Jesus and through the 12 Steps. And I just happen to be one of those people who found freedom from drugs and alcohol through Jesus and through the 12 Steps. See, nine years ago, I was suicidal. I was dealing with depression. I was dealing with drug and alcohol addiction. I wanted to end my life. And in desperation, I went to treatment. And the treatment center led me to church. Church introduced me to Jesus. Jesus then transformed my life. And see, I realized that the reason why I'm excited about recovery church and church and AA and treatment was this. There's a lot of people out there that have some church hurt. A lot of people that maybe went to church when they were younger and they were maybe judged or didn't feel welcome or maybe it's something in their own minds that keep them from coming. So what the 12 steps did is they helped me overcome that fear. They helped me to get rid of those resentments so that I can step into a church and receive Jesus. And today I got to tell you, God has been doing some incredible things through Recovery Church Movement. And I love this place because you guys know you have a recovery church, right? Come on, you guys have Recovery Church Minnesota. Where are my North 40 folks at in the house today? Come on. Hey, you got the shirt on too. I love it. I love it. But hey, I'm honored to be here all the way from Florida. And and I got to tell you, I believed that Minnesota was cold. I had no doubt in my mind that Minnesota was cold. But when you leave 80 degree weather in Florida and step out of those airport doors, it's like you get hit with just a brick of ice in the face, right? I went to the rental car place. My rental car door was was frozen shut. My windows were frozen shut. There was ice on the floor mats inside of my car, and the doors were closed. That's how cold it is. So, Minnesota, I've concluded one thing. If you live here, you must really love Jesus. Because you are obedient. God told you to stay, and you did. So hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You guys love God. But I got to say, I did hear a statement here that I 100% believe is true. This is a statement that I heard. They said, Junior, in Minnesota, we have cold noses but warm hearts. And I got to tell you guys, this is my second time in Minnesota And you guys have been some of the most welcoming, loving people I have ever met. So thank you guys for your hospitality. And I just want to let you know that your pastors are some of the most hospitable people you will ever meet. I love them. Listen, this year, my wife and I went through a loss, which was uh, difficult to walk through. And we were sitting at home one day, and we got something in the mail. And we opened it up, and it was a letter from the Open Door Church. It was a card that said, hey, we're praying for you. We're here for you. If you need anything, let us know. See, when I think about what it looks like to live in love like Jesus, that's what I imagine. So you guys help me to honor your pastors, Pastor Stephen Deidre. Come on, you guys are amazing. We, we just love you guys. Thank you so much for all that you do. 
uh, we're honored to be in friendship and relationship with you. Um, and now here's the thing. I know that my words don't have power. Anything I say here doesn't really uh, go too far if God doesn't speak. So if you guys don't mind, I would love to just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts today. Is that okay? Let's pray together. God, I just thank you so much for this incredible place. God, I thank you for the Open Door Church. God, I thank you for what you're doing in here. God, I thank you for all the people that showed up in negative degree weather that just so love you, Lord. And God, I just pray that today, that, Father, you would speak to our hearts. Father God, you know what every single person in this room is walking through in this moment. And God, my words have no power without yours. And even though your words have power, God, our hearts have to be open. So God, here's what I pray. I pray that you would open up hearts today to receive whatever it is that you want to speak to your children. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, I'm excited to be part of this Fear Not series because the reality is there's a lot of fears out there. And here's the thing. The feeling of fear is real, isn't it? Like, have you ever been afraid of something? Like, the feeling's real. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to start off by playing a game called Do You Know Your Fears? Are you guys ready? I need you guys to participate with me in this. We're going to play a game called Do You Know Your Fears? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shout out some fears, and if you know what the fear is, I need you to shout it back to me. Right, So whether you're online watching or whether you're in the room, I just want you to shout it back. You don't need permission. You don't need to raise your hands. If you know the fear, shout it back. You guys with me? And by the way, my wife and kids are watching online from Florida. Hey, guys, I love you. I just had to do that. And my in-laws in Tennessee, my family in Tennessee are watching online as well. Hey, guys, I love you. Play the game as well. Hope you win. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so the first one is this. Are you guys ready? arachnophobia fear of spiders come on okay you guys you guys came to play all right all right number two you ready phobophobia not to be confused with fomo the fear of missing out but phobophobia anybody fear the fear of being afraid can you believe there's a fear of being afraid it's a real thing y'all come on okay cryophobia anybody cryophobia the fear of extreme cold yes now now when i looked it up i just want to let you know it says it's the irrational fear of extreme cold here's the thing i'm from florida there is nothing irrational about this fear it is for real cold down i prayed when i left that airport i thought i was going to die it is not irrational cryophobia is mine okay next one it's a little bit harder to pronounce but it's consecutive Consecutaliophobia. Oh, we're getting difficult now. Consecutaliophobia. The fear of chopsticks. Come on. Have you ever sat at a restaurant and saw chopsticks in front of you and all of a sudden, it's a real fear. It's a real fear, right? Okay, next one. I love this one. It's called xanthophobia. Xanthophobia. Phobia for 100. Come on, we're going to make this fun today. Not $100. What do we give away for 100 I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Okay, I'll give you the answer. It's the fear of the color yellow or the word yellow. 
And if anybody gets up and walks right now, I'll know they had a fear of the word yellow, and I apologize. Okay, you guys are good. That's fantastic. All right. The next one, we've got two more to go. Pogonophobia. Pogonophobia. Anybody? Who? Great thought. Great thought. That's logical. But here's the one. I don't think anybody here has it. But it's the fear of beards. Come on. And I know, come on, your pastor has a luxurious beard. Come on. If y'all got poganophobia, y'all ain't going to be in here. Plus, you need a beard around here to stay warm, right? I mean, it's just, it's just comforting for your face. All right. Here's the last one. It's hippopotamonstrosesquideliaphobia. I'll say that one more time. I know it sounded confusing. Hippopotamonstrosesquideliaphobia. <laughs> the hero of it, that's a great guess. Great guess. Fear of law. Who said that? Come on, somebody. You guys give them a round of applause. It is the fear of long words. But, but guys, here's the truth. He should, I'm going to find you a prize. Um, that one was difficult. But here's the thing. There are so many fears out there, and the truth is that I believe fear is a tool that the enemy uses to keep us from stepping into God's purpose for our lives. I believe that the enemy uses this to keep us from stepping out into purpose. And see, this is typically the time of year where we start to dream, isn't it? Like, hey, it's 2022. I'm going to start a business this year, right? Some of us said, hey, I'm going to move this year to warmer climates. Some of y'all said, I'm moving to Minnesota. God bless you, right? But some of you guys said, hey, I'm going to get sober this year. Some of you may have said, hey, I'm going to invite people to church this year. Some of you said, I'm going to get healthy this year. I'm going to eat better this year. Have I hit your New Year's resolution yet? No? Okay. Some of you guys said, I'm going to get into a relationship this year. Some of you said, I'm going to leave an abusive relationship this year. See, there's so many resolutions that we make especially at this time of year we come up with these things we're like hey this year is going to be different i'm going to do these things this year i want to be better and by the way i realize that man god's mercies are renewed daily we don't have to wait till the beginning of the year to start dreaming by the way i just want to let you guys know you can dream anytime but typically this time of year many of you took time to write down some things that you were going to do or that you were not going to do. But see, what the enemy does is the enemy will now come in with fear. See, the enemy perverts everything, doesn't he? See, that's why Jesus calls him the father of lies. He says when he lies, it lines up with his nature. That's what he does. You see it even all the way back into the garden, right? Where the serpent goes up to Adam and Eve and says this, did God really say and isn't that what he's doing to us today? You, you have the dream of, hey, this year I'm going to launch a business. And the serpent comes and says, well, did God, did God really say you should? Do, do you really? You say, hey, I'm going to get into a relationship this year. I'm believing that God is going to send me my Boaz or my Ruth or whoever you're praying for, right? God is going to send me that person. And you were excited when you said that. But then the devil comes in and says, do, do you really think God has somebody for you? I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if he does. 
hey, this year I'm going to... What was the thing that you said that the enemy is already trying to steal away? What, what, this year I'm going to get healthy. And then by day three of the new year, you ate a cheeseburger with some bacon on it and some cheese curds. I got cheese curds around here. I don't got that in Florida. You ate some cheese curds. And all of a sudden you got discouraged. And the devil comes up and says, did you really think that you're going to get healthy this year? You've been unhealthy for the last, for the last 20 years. Did you really think? And then now you start to wonder, like, hey, what if? Like, like, like what if I never get healthy? What if my prayers don't get answered? What if my child in college or in school starts to drift away from Jesus? What if I don't get the job? What if I do get fired? What if? What if? What if? What if? Come on, anybody in here struggle with the what ifs? Some of us have been staying up at night. Because you're wondering, well, what if my car won't start because it's too cold? That's a new one. Doesn't happen in Florida. You're welcome to come back with me. My flight is at 6. But what if? Come on, what are the what ifs that are keeping you in bondage right now? What are the what ifs that are keeping you up at night right now? See, here's what I've, I've realized in my own life. I've realized that the enemy wants to use the what ifs in our life. He wants to use the ifs. In our lives, these IFs to insert fear. I believe he wants to use those question marks because we all have question marks, don't we? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow, right? We don't know if our kids are going to drift from Jesus. We don't know any of that stuff. The enemy wants to use the ifs in our lives, these IFs, to insert fear. But here's the thing I believe that God wants to use those same ifs in our lives. Those same question marks, those same IFs to insert faith. See, I believe the enemy wants to use those questions, those ifs to insert fear. And I believe that God wants to use those same ifs to insert faith. And for some of us, to increase faith. And see, what I want to do today is I want to look at a story in the Bible. Because what I realize is this, is that it takes boldness to step out in faith, doesn't it? Here's what I've realized, guys. You can have fear and faith at the same time. Do you agree? Because sometimes you think, oh, well, you can't have faith and have fear at the same time. That's not true. Because you can't have courage without fear. Did you know that? Come on, the open door church. Did you know you cannot have courage without fear? Amen. Because here's the thing. If you don't have fear, it's not courageous. You're doing something that you can already do. Right? God tells Joshua in Joshua 1 and 9, hey, be strong and courageous. Right? Tell them to have courage. Hey, we're going to have fear. But the goal is to not let the fear have us, to let us have more faith than we have fear so we can step out in boldness. Amen? And when we're talking about boldness today, I think about Peter. Come on, somebody. Peter not only walked on water, but he cut a dude's ear off in Jesus' name. Come on. If that's not bold, I don't know what is. So today I want to look at a story that is familiar to you, but I want to help us get four points from this story that maybe you've seen before, but maybe you haven't seen before. And I believe that God is going to speak to us through this. So we're going to read Matthew 14, 25. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Matthew 14, 25. Some of us, it's our iPhone. Scroll up to Matthew 14, 25. And if you don't, we'll have it behind me here on the screen. 
And um, this is the story that you've heard of, of Peter walking on the water. So let's read together. Matthew 14, verse 25. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Beautiful. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Another version says, fear not. It is I. And here's why I want us to really focus. Peter replies, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But see, when he saw the winds, he was afraid and and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Open door, I want to ask you a question. Why did you doubt? What are you doubting? Right? So we're going to look at four things in this passage that I believe made Peter bold. The first thing I want you to see is this. Peter believed. Come on, anybody here today try to step out on the well you guys your water's frozen it's different i'm not talking about frozen water we in a hole this works somewhere else it doesn't work well here but unfrozen water has anybody in here ever tried to step out onto the water come on see peter had to believe right but it's not just belief he had to believe in the right thing see peter didn't believe in the water peter didn't believe that the water could hold him Because if he believed the water could hold him, he would have been trying to walk on water before. See, Peter didn't have faith in the water. Peter had faith in Jesus. So see, Peter didn't step out on the water. Peter stepped out on the word of God, and the word of God sustained him. Amen? Come on. Water can't sustain you, but the word of God can. Can I ask you a question? When you're stepping out into this new business, are you believing the business is going to sustain you? When you're stepping into the relationship, are you depending on the relationship to sustain you? Or are you depending on the word of God? Because God said it. I did it. And I'm not worried about the relationship or the business or the thing to sustain me because the word of God is what has authority and power to hold me up. Amen? Come on. He didn't step out on water. He stepped out on the word. Right? And the second part I want you to see just in that part, another thing that Peter did in that moment He consulted with Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Before you step out into the relationship, before you step into the business deal, before you decide to move, do you say, hey, hey, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. How often do we make decisions without consulting? And see, I believe that made Peter bold because he said, Jesus, if it's you, he consulted with him. Tell me to come. The first thing we need is we need to believe. The second part is we need to obey. See, it's one thing to believe that God is calling you out of a relationship, but it's another thing to do it. It's one thing to believe that God is calling you to start the business, but it's another thing to do it. I mean, come on, there there are crazy times. I, I believe, like, I've seen some of our recovery churches launch in the middle of COVID. 
And people were like, you're launching a church? God said it, right? So we believed that he was telling us to. And then I said, well, if he said it, we got to obey it, right? So believing is one part. Obeying is the second part. The third thing I want you to see is this. He left what was comfortable. He left what was comfortable. See, the boat to me signifies comfort. See, the boat to me is that thing that, think about this. They had the disciples on the boat. Who stepped out? (laughs) Here's what I can tell you. In all of history, there's only two people I know that have walked on water. It is Jesus and it's Peter. See, when he was terrified and they were afraid, there's a storm going on. He left what was comfortable. He left the boat to step out into something that was unknown. Let me ask you a question, open door. Are you willing to leave your boat? Are you willing to step out of your comfort? Because sometimes God's best for us is on the other side of our comfort. See, I've realized in my own life that, that sometimes our, our purpose doesn't come gift-wrapped in our preference, does it? See, sometimes the thing that you're actually praying for doesn't come gift-wrapped in your preference. It comes in the form of an opportunity or something you don't even want to step into. And then when you step into it, you realize that God was using that to get you to the thing you were actually asking for, right? Are you willing to step out of the boat? And the last point that I want to point out is this. Peter didn't try to save himself. See, Peter shifted his focus from Jesus and started seeing the the winds and the waves. And as he saw the winds and the waves, he started to fall. And here's the thing. Peter could have been like, well, you know what? I'm sinking, but I've been swimming since I was five years old. So I'm a fisherman. I'm just going to swim my way out of this mess. I don't need anything. I could figure this thing out. No, no, no. He said he cried out to Jesus. And Jesus grabbed his hand. Let me ask you a question. When the storms are closing in on you, when the winds and the waves are keeping you up at night, when there's anxiety in your heart, are you trying to figure it out on your own? Are you trying to swim? Are you trying to figure a way out of the water? Or are you doing like Peter did and saying, Jesus, help me? And it says immediately, Jesus grabbed his hand. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus your first response or is he your last resort? Is he the first person we go to when we're in trouble? Or do we try it on our own and when all else fails? All right, God, I guess I'm going to need you on this one. See, Peter did four things that I believe made him bold. He believed in the right thing, which was Jesus. He obeyed when God asked him to step out. He left what was comfortable to him, and he didn't try to save himself. See, he believed, he obeyed, he left, and he didn't try to save himself. And those four things made Peter bold. Let me spell it out for you. Belief starts with a B. O starts with obey, left starts with an L, D starts with then. So I actually spelled out bold. Come on, that education that I got actually paid off. Come on, I, I think that was impressive. I was impressed with myself on that one. Am I the only one? <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> but that made Peter bold. Let me ask you a question, Open Door Church, as I start to wrap up. Are you willing to step out of your boat? Are you willing to step out? See, God's best is often found outside of our comfort zone. See, I remember eight years ago, my discipleship pastor, Matt Tumas, asked me to lead a small group, to which I retorted, no. Have you ever been asked to lead a group or do something by a pastor? No, I'm good. And he's like, well, Junior, I really think you should lead a small group. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. He's like, Junior, come on, man. I think you'll be great. I'm, no, I'm not going to do it. Do you guys know why I said no? The truth is, I didn't. it's not that I didn't really want to lead a small group. I was afraid. You know why I was afraid? Because I knew how jacked up I, was, I still was. Like God had delivered me from drugs. God had delivered me from alcohol. He had delivered me from many things. But at that time, the reality was, guys, I was still smoking cigarettes and listening to rap music. And in my mind, I'm like, how am I going to look as a group leader driving and I pull up to a stoplight and somebody from my group pulls up and they see me smoking a cigarette, listening to Tupac. They're going to be like, honey, is that our group leader? I think he might need Jesus. There's something wrong. So I didn't feel like I was good enough. I told him, I said, hey, when I, then I'll. Have you ever played that game? Hey, when I know enough theology, then I'll tell people about Jesus. Hey, when I'm good enough, then I'll do it. When I stop yelling at my kids in public, then I'll tell people about Jesus, right? But the reality is, we go, right? I mean, I've seen people just yelling at their kids, hey, you, stop, you, hey, put that down, put that down. Excuse me, do you know God? Hold on one second. You, stop it. Do you want to come to church with me? You don't have to wait. Are you willing to step out of your boat. Because see, after that, Matt said, Junior, I really want you to lead a group. I said one more time, I'm not going to do it. And he said, well, too bad I already signed you up. <laughs> Come on, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I said, no, sir. But thank God he loved me enough to push me out of my comfort zone. Because i got to tell you, when I stepped into being a leader... I saw myself in a different light. I wasn't just the addict, broken kid anymore. I was like, hey, I'm a leader of a small group for God. I can't be smoking cigarettes. And I can't be listening to this music. So I just want to let you guys know, eight years later, hey, I no longer smoke cigarettes. Praise the Lord. And eight years later, I no longer listen to rap music as much. And we in church. I'm not going to lie. Okay, sometimes I still do. I ain't gonna, hey, don't judge me. It's a process. Right? Turn to the person next to you. Tell them it's a process. I'm waiting. I got all day. We got, I'm going to wait to be dismissed for lunch. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, guys, it's a process. Because, guys, it is a process. Here's the thing. What I realized is Jesus didn't meet up with the disciples one day, pray a prayer and say, you're perfect. Go change the world. He walked alongside of them. Philippians 1.6 says, he who began a good work in you is faithful to finish it until the day. That Christ returns. What that tells me is this. God finishes what he started and it won't be done until Christ returns. So here's the thing. While you're broken, while you're dealing with issues, while you're not perfect, while you still have that thing that you're dealing with, step out in faith and know what God is calling you to. But here's the thing. Step out in faith in the things that God has helped you overcome. 
right? There are too many times where, you know, I see people, they're like, hey, you know, they're giving marriage advice. And they're like, hey, man, this is what you need to do in your marriage. And I'm like, Unc, you've been divorced 13 times and you still ain't got it right. How you give me some marriage advice? All right. Help them to overcome something that God has helped you overcome. Here's the thing. God has helped every single one of us, hasn't he? God has worked through every single one of us. We can't wait for the perfect weather or the perfect time. See, Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, uh, if you wait, it says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. So here's what I concluded. Rain, sleet, or snow, you need to go. Whatever God is calling you to, rain, sleet, or snow, you need to go. The time is now. And I know you might be sitting here and you're like, well, Junior, what do I have to offer? Well, here's the thing. My Bible and your Bible says that God has given each one of us a gift. My Bible and your Bible tells me that God didn't, he created you on purpose, for purpose. You're not an accident. Even if your parents didn't plan you, God did plan you. See, God created you on purpose, for purpose. There's a problem in the world today that shouldn't be here when you're gone. You have a purpose. I used to always ask people, what's in your hand, Moses? Come on, Pastor talked about Moses last week. What's in your hand? And even if you feel like you don't have anything to offer, see, I love when John and Peter are walking to the temple and they're by this gate called Beautiful. And as they're walking by this gate, this guy says, hey, will you give me some money? And here's what they responded. They said, hey, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. But what I do have, the open door. What do you have? Because God wants to use what you have to impact his people and to make a difference through you. So here's what I want to do. Typically, I'll tell people, hey, you know, tonight when you go home, I want you to spend a minute with God asking him, hey, God, what are you calling me to so that I can be bold, so that I can believe, obey, leave my comfort And if anything goes wrong, which it will, Jesus says, in this life, you will have trials and troubles. Take heart. I've overcome the world. You will have some tension. You will have some trouble. But when you do, don't try to save yourself. Lean on God. So typically I tell the church, hey, go tonight and you ask God because he has a purpose for you in 2022. I'm telling you, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. He has something incredible for you. I'm telling you because that's the God that we serve. But then I realized when I would tell people to go home, they would leave church, go to lunch, and after lunch, they just forgot what I said. It's just it's an afterthought. So if you guys don't mind today, what I'd like to do a little bit differently is I'd like to take one minute right now. I'd like to take one minute right now to pray and ask God to show us what it is that he has for us. See, here's the thing. I realize I'm not perfect today. I'm not. I'm not where I want to be sometimes, but I'm also not who I used to be. But see, I'm not going to let where I'm not keep me from doing something where I am. Come on, church. Don't let where you're not keep you from doing something where you are. You have something to offer today. So I'm going to pray. And what's going to happen is this. I'm going to give us one minute, and we're going to bow our heads. We're going to close our eyes, and we're going to ask God to speak to us. Because here's the thing. God still speaks.
problem is sometimes we, we get so wrapped up in the world and, and, and the enemy just comes, right? Like the man who was sowing seed and, and, and God planted something, but the, the enemy, the bird came and he just snatched up that seed. God will put something in your heart, but sometimes we ask ourselves, is it really you, God? It can't be God. You know how many times I've been driving and I see somebody needs help on the side of the road and God's like, go help that person. I'm like, well, God, I can't help that person because I'm going to a meeting to talk about how we can help people. It can't be God because I got to make the meet. I can't be late to the meeting because if, if, if I'm late to the meeting, I won't know how to help people. So, God, you, you, that can't be you. That's the devil. He's trying to distract me from this meeting. What would it look like if we, when we had an impression on our hearts to do something that was good, right? Like inviting that person to church. Come on. All of us have that one person at the office, right? The one that nobody likes. Sometimes you question if Jesus even likes that person. Like, come on, Jesus. I know you don't even like that person. You don't want them. Jesus loves everybody, by the way, everyone. But who is that person that God has been asking you to forgive? Who is that person that God has been telling you, yeah, you see their brokenness. Why aren't you inviting them? Oh, well, that person said no 68 times. Let's go for 70. What is that thing that God is asking you to do? So right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would please join me. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. We're going to ask God, God, what are you calling me to in 2022? And at the end of that minute, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to end. We're going to close. Let's take one minute right now and seek God. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you. And God, we just thank you for being such an incredible God. God, we thank you that, Father, when we talk about going and stepping out of our comfort zone, that we pray to a God, that we pray to, that God, Jesus, stepped out of his comfort. God, you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus on a rescue mission. He left the pristine environment of heaven to wrap himself in flesh to go and rescue us. Father, thank you that you loved us so much that you went. So God, I just pray that whatever it is that you've put on our hearts today, every single person in the room, Father God, if you haven't given it to them, God, I pray you would give it to them as they leave. But Father God, I pray that whatever it is that you put on our hearts, that God, we would go as a response to you going because you love us so much. Father God, I pray a blessing over 
every single person in this room, anybody that's watching online right now, Father God, as they step into 2022, I pray that you would give them boldness, Father God, to not let fear keep them from stepping into what you have for them. God, I pray that this year they would walk through this year believing that their father has already taken care of all their needs. God, I pray that this year they wouldn't worry about how am I going to eat, how am I going to drink, how am I going to do this or that, Father God. I pray that this year we would be so different and truly trusting, hey, my Father has everything I need covered, so all I need to do is focus on loving people. All I need to do is focus on him. So, God, I pray that this year you would help alleviate some of that fear, that you would help us to step out in faith, and that you would do miracles in us, and through us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you. My last thought is this. Don't let where you're not, or don't let the fear of where you're not, keep you from doing something where you are. That's my last thought.